Welcome to the Broken Pencil Booking Company Pro Wrestling Podcast and radio show infused with hip-hop. I am Wood. Made daily. With organic, farm-to-table, localized, neuralized, sterilized, scotch-guarded for 2020 repellent, available online, shipped via Amazon, not available on Sundays, but now available on thebeastradio.com. Broken Pencil Logic. You stay classy, Internet. I'm Suave Burgundy. Man, oh man. Do we have a show for you? Suave, what the deal, man? I would like to officially announce that I have been marked safe from all hyperextensions. <laughs> means I ain't out here reaching for shit. <laughs> and for that, we thank you. Uh, just to let you know. In the words of the great Ron Murray. Price just went up. Price just went up. Ladies and gentlemen, Swab, yeah. I told you I had something for you. Live and direct, our special guest host for the day, Screwed Up Clicks own DJ Tony Snow up in this bitch. Yesterday's price is not today's price. <laughs> Indeed, yes. Speak to them, Snow. Yesterday's <laughs> price is not today's price, man. We're going to talk about that versus battle later. <laughs> Joe, we already we already made uh, comments about Joe stealing Ron Murray's uh, <laughs> Ron Murray's money. You know what I'm right. saying? But uh, going forward, we just let it be known that the uh, price just went up. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> Man, thanks for having me, guys. I've been a long-time listener, and I'm I'm honored to be on with y'all today. Thank you so much. So let's get Absolutely. it, man. You Any are time. indeed a day one pistol pusher. Suave had no idea this was happening, so this is real, real Yeah, dead wrong. serious. I got to get a bottle of water. I come back. Wait a minute. What? Okay, turn the fuck up. Turn the fuck up then. Yeah. Suave Burgundy. What's you up, dig? Bro? What's going on, man? Good to have you. Yo. Yeah, shout out to all y'all. Shout out to the whole crew. Shout out to my homie, the Petty Messiah. You know what I'm saying? The whole Broken Pencil crew, yo, y'all. I'm here, man. Let's do it. Right on, man. Right on. We got a we got a loaded show for you, but um, you know, so Snow, you gonna be here for the whole shit, so that we we can come back to you because we, man, we. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, man, we got, oh man, we man, got some, oh, Do we have enough time in the show to get back to me? On we this? have <laughs> all the time, sir. All the time necessary. <laughs> You it, it, that time that you need, we have, sir. So you know, just put on put on your seatbelts and get your popcorn. It's gonna be a bumpy one. All right, man. I'm gonna get this blunt rolled up. Here we go. There, there, there it is. Hey, surprise! The 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 news of the week, quite possibly the news of the year. Uh, we we would like to we would like to credit him for being a pencil pusher as well because we've been pushing this agenda for quite some time. As of Actually, Suave, what's today's day? Today is Thursday, September the 16th. Yeah, my lord. Yeah, my lord. I said, yeah, my lord. Yeah, my lord. 20 and 21. Amen. And yeah, as, my lord. It <laughs> <laughs> as, yeah. as of Monday, uh, September the 13th, your winner. And new WWE champion, Big Mother... E up in this thing. Langston. Don't forget to put the Langston back on there. <laughs> Thank God. Put some respect on that man's name. Come on. Big E Langston, sir. There you go. There you go. There you go. Back on uh, he's on top of the uh this was long awaited for many people. And 
we didn't we didn't we didn't expect it. We we had conversations prior to the the show happening about why we were getting a title match on Raw that was announced for the uh, with, with the Money in the Bank cash in prior to because right. prior to that we'd only had two called matches prior to Monday with someone holding the Money in the Bank contract and one of them was John Cena who called mm-hmm. a match who won the match but didn't win the title because it was a disqualification the other one being Rob Van Dam versus John Cena wait 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 Is there's a third was there didn't Braun Strowman? Didn't Braun yeah. Strowman? Say- oh, yeah. look at y'all! Strowman and Roman Reigns from 2018, Hell in a Cell. Look at y'all! What the shit? <laughs> it's more than a hashtag. Well, Strowman didn't win either. That ended up. That was the first time they fucked up Hell in a Cell and made it a no contest because Lesnar came in and beat that's both of them. Right. That's why. Okay. That's why I went under radar because it was a no contest. So because you, you realize Hell in a Cell ain't been shit since. Well, the next year, uh, the next year was the whole Fiend Seth Rollins bullshit. Dude, so that, that thing was further proves my man. point. <laughs> oh my gosh, the Fiend and Seth Rollins bullcrap! Like, oh my god, bro, really? Yeah, Don't that, get me started on that red I light have, special. I have that marked down as the day that shit went completely left. <laughs> Wait, Tony like, said the red light special, dog. You know, you know how many times we said that during the match, like ad nauseum. Like, it, it wasn't even like it was supposed to be like like tongue in cheek or even funny. It was like, why are we watching Monday Night Raw lights on in a fucking cell? Like, it it took away from the match. It was they were so trying bad. to create a horror movie. It was. Oh bad. yeah, but they could have done that like with his first match as the Fiend, and then the rest of them do it as freaking a regular match. Because I mean, sure, we might have been able to see it well on TV, but I know a lot of people that were at those live events that were like, man, during the Fiend match when they put those red lights on, we couldn't see nothing. And this is people that pay 80, 90, 100 bucks for to see a live event, you know? As someone who works and does production for live shows, I mean, you know the value of actually having white light in the ring regardless of how Proper hot lighting. it is. But like oh, yeah. But like the house lights are supposed to be like typically during a match, house lights are supposed to be down with or without cameras just for the effect of you being, you know, paying top building. It's like a, it's a theater aspect. You don't have the it, lights. It really is. It is. And and it's supposed to be like that every aspect like when the entrances start you turn the house lights down you turn the ring lights down you put everything on the stage you like you said it's like theater man and i think they just missed the boat on that one <laughs> or, or they or they or they rode the boat way too long and puffed way too much on said boat this is this is truly <laughs> this is truly beautiful for all of you who have been listening to the broken pencil booking company pro wrestling podcast and radio show infused with hip-hop think we just be talking out our ass now you have you have reaffirmation of the levels of professionalism that we delve in because now you have people of high ilk, large resume, reinforcing the same principles that we try to teach you on a weekly basis. And talking out of my ass. All of the above. We do all. We, we specialize in it all. Uh, well, before we get too deep, let's let's run into the uh, the, the hashtags. We got uh, Broken Pistol Logic. Mark my words. Right. With the shit. Fuck the casual fan. You can't write this and... Price just went up. Those Good are your job. those are your tickets to the to the to go to Pat the the golding round or, or the bonus round, should I say? We got all that out the way now. But de- we definitely don't want to bury the lead. It's still super congratulations to Big E. Oh no, we're not done with that. So indeed, ton- tons of congratulatory uh, thanks go out uh, from the wrestling world massive. The smartest of which 
come from your uh, your WWE Universal Champion, the head of the table, and your tribal chief, Roman Reigns, who said two simple words, and those words would not acknowledge me. Smart decision. Which it was. So, who was he talking to? Everybody. <laughs> talking, talking to Big E, saying it's a good thing you went after him and not me. But do you also think that he might not have been talking to somebody else or some other some 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 bodies else? Not Vincent just Big Bruce. E. <laughs> Vincent, Vincent, Bruce, uh Kevin Dunn. What's up? What's uh, up, Vinny? Nick Khan. Name them all. <laughs> just just pull up the board of directors and go down the list. There's that name again. Yeah, um, I just wanted. To, I just want to know why, as soon as Big E won the title, people wouldn't give that man his moment. I heard so many people like, "Oh, I guess now this means the New Day is going to break up. The Woods is going to take the title from Big E." But like, dude, just let the man have his freaking moment, man. Why is everyone obsessed with the New Day breaking up? Because why? because they don't have platforms other than social media, and social media gave those types of people feelings, and that's what's wrong with 2021. Because New Day breaking up is the one thing New Day promised you they wouldn't do. And it's like, e- even with a draft separation, is like, uh, okay, they're separated. They didn't break up. There's no feud. Now they're essentially reunited on the same brand. Still no, still no signs of a breakup unless they force it. The coincidence here is you had rumors of a start date for a draft which we talked about a few times on here and we just gave up on the fucking date so we finally get confirmation of a date in the same day we get confirmation of the date it's the same day we also get confirmation that the title match is going to happen and we also get confirmation or sorry we also get a rumor throughout these confirmations that big e was going to be amongst those traded from smart from smackdown to raw now he doesn't even have to be and technically he's still a smackdown property with the wwe uh, title so here's where I look at it, and I'm like, this is where WWE did the right thing at the wrong time. <laughs> so literally, last year's draft, you you separated the New Day. Pissed off the entire internet. Everybody went off the air, kind of, you know, emotional, messed up about it. Had you actually waited till October 1st and executed the draft the exact same way and have Big E cash in, do exactly what he did, the moment at the end of the night with the new day all in the ring together for the first time in a year with ES champion is that much more impactful. Even moreover, there's been flack on the internet. Uh, God forbid I say that from people, people congratulating, but at the same time shutting Tony Khan for having people go over in their hometowns. Whereas Vince has been notorious having people get destroyed in their hometowns stockholm syndrome meanwhile in boston kofi's hometown big e gets to win it's as close as we could get like where is e originally from big e is from tampa yeah we wasn't gonna be in tampa no time soon right but still I, and I, I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not even saying that Biggie should have won the belt in his hometown. I mean, Biggie should just win the belt wherever he can to make it seem like it's more of a uh, more of an effect. But right. The hell, if we were gonna keep it G, they should have went ahead and did the draft in the garden and put E over in the garden. This is a huge fact. I mean, that you. There's so many things that could happen in Madison Square Garden. Uh, speaking of, how do you have a 9/11 tribute after you bring back uh, 
Zelina Vega. I almost called her by her real name. If you bring back Zelina Vega and not mention her or have her say something when she lost her father, don't, man, don't get me started on on that that fuckery, man. This war, this this woman had her own gear made for the show, special gear. She was all dressed and standing in gorilla, waiting to go out, and they canceled her freaking match right there. That, that that is some sucker. That's shit. that's hometown sucker. That's the hometown sucker shit we're talking about. That's getting beat. That's, that's getting your ass handed to you in your home, own hometown. Right now, there. there was the wanted at least one segment, but we know one one match that went over time. Yeah. So Ed, the Ed initial the initial blame Ooh. goes there. Yeah, that that good I, match, but it went way too long, even for a Friday night. And and I mean, there were you watched that show. There were segments and matches they could have cut short to make sure they get the important stuff in there's always you know whether it's someone in the ring being greedy and wanting more time or whether it's something there's always ways you can counteract that to squeeze stuff in i mean this was the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and her dad was killed in the and she's from new york i mean come on guys come on guys i normally they look for stories like that to exploit like and Dude, we, I'm serious. And we I don't know, know how I don't know how in this situation they decided not to exploit the obvious. And we know the production team is undefeated. They, yeah, they the packages they I mean even the package they put together was was tear jerking, but if you include her in that package or even come out and say something live after the package air fam, it writes itself. How do you miss this? Or even I, if you're not going to broadcast it, do something as soon as the show's over. For the crowd, have Selena come out and do something there. People are going to film it. It's going to end up online. Like if you if you're going to let Brock Lesnar beat the crap out of John Cena after SummerSlam goes off the air, why aren't you going to let Selena Vega do a, a tribute to her dad in her hometown? You know what I mean? There's That's a, factual. There's an adage in, in broadcasting and, and in recording that goes, "It's easier to boost than to cut." And look what happens when you cut. Had you boosted the front end, you could have cut on the back end and still not lost anything. You had to cut on the on the back end because you decided to boost on the front end. Dude, imagine the ratings they could have gotten if they would have aired something like that, man. Not even the ratings, just just the public, the public, um, the 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 empathy that you would have received. You would they would have gotten far more. Far more passerbys, a passersby to, to jump more, into you, the product. You get, you get more public relations. Uh, it's a it's a PR push. Like now you got yeah. her running morning shows, like Facts. national morning shows, not even local. You got her running national morning shows now to talk about her father, not even about the E, because we we know how. Um, What's my man? David? We know how David Otunga stayed on as long as he had, besides the fact that he's an attorney, but the fact that he was on TV was during Jennifer Hudson's heyday. Dude, if I was her, all those appearances that she's been making, I wouldn't mention shit about WWE. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, yeah, I'm a pro wrestler. Where do you wrestle at? Uh, New York. <laughs> <laughs> Is this company based out of Stanford? <laughs> you may have heard of it, maybe not. Just a small little organization that I'm with. Nothing major. <laughs> or just start referring to them as the worldwide leader and just not say the, the call letters. <laughs> I work for the worldwide, wide worldwide leader. Worldwide leader, yeah. It's a worldwide leader. It's a side gig. So from that, of course, we get people from all over giving shouts out to Big E. We also get pictures coming up with you know him and the, the late, great Brody Lee. And because we, everybody by this point should know how close of friends that they were in real life. 
And we've talked about this a couple of times on the show too, but not to the point to where it's becoming an issue. It's now an issue that people are are going to task and dry snitching on the fact that contracted WWE talent are now having open conversations with those in other organizations, specifically AEW, uh, just for the simple fact of showing congratulations and giving people flowers while they're alive. One of that that person in this case is Big E. I didn't want to talk about this. Why I brought this up because even though it's supposed to be a joke, you are purposely trying to take food out of somebody's mouth when you know this is a rule that was written and made public for consumption that contracted WWE talent was not supposed to quote unquote engage with other non WWE talent on social media which I'm, I'm certain there are holes in this and it's an ambiguous statement and there's going to be a lot of workarounds there's, there's the obvious exceptions if someone passes away obviously there's an exception involved I think um, possibly you know marriage a child being born anything you know where it's just basically either I Condolences or congratulations. It's one of those two. Now, if you're just talking shop going back and forth, I'm assuming they're frowning on it, but I'm like, the snitch culture of America is like, is mind blowing to me right now. You would sit in front of either a computer screen or in front of your half smartphone <laughs> and concoct some shit that, while you say it's in jest, is very loaded in the way you put it out to where if somebody just happened to have a bug up their ass that day somebody could end up in some shit behind it now obviously we know you know in jacksonville it ain't going on like that you do what you want to do you talk to whoever you want to you you know you stop by whoever's house play video games take pictures and selfies don't matter y'all can have a, a small party and make spinach dip together no one cares but qu- shit don't go like that in stanford to quote the great, and, and it's Jay-Z. crazy because it's crazy because in my mind, whenever they talk about how Vince is mad over Twitch streams, Vince doesn't want you to do this, Vince doesn't want you to talk to competition, Vince, not, dude, they're not employees, man. They're independent contractors. So like, you're wanting these people to act like employees, but you're not giving the benefits that you give employees. Like at Thanks. AEW, a lot of the wrestlers at AEW are employees. They have healthcare. They have a retirement plan. Like Tony Khan set that stuff up. I'm not saying everybody, but I know the EVPs have it. Jericho, the Bucks of them. I know a lot of the guys that have signed multi-year deals. Like, they're employees of the company. They get benefits. So, And he lets them do whatever. It's totally reversed, man. It's totally reversed. It's it's a new model, and I think hopefully it, 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 begs, to, uh, it begs to breed more of a change industry-wide. But let's face it, man. People don't have the pockets like Tony Khan. Like, even... I dare say Vince, because, I mean, Vince has... A billion that he put on his back granted okay that's cool tony khan had a billion coming into the game and we we were talking about i was talking to i had a call i called petty messiah last week about this and it's kind of it's a it's a wild conversation to have because you know there are multiple tiers of contracts in aew when and as there would be in wwe but like there's over a hundred ta- pieces of talent that could be on tv at any given time on aew across three different programs Mm-hmm. One of which isn't even on the broadcast network. It's on YouTube. Right. 
So like how where does the money end? Does it end? How is it coming in? Like, you know, advertising advertising cost per point can't be that high. You know, to where you can afford to pay all that. So like, I mean, are you operating at a loss? Are you breaking even? Like what's I'm not trying to be well, in anybody's pockets, but, but what I am saying is he's definitely changing the model. Go ahead, Tony. He 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 owns one of the most popular soccer teams in the world. People don't understand that football, soccer is the most popular sport worldwide. You know the the biggest the biggest purchased and downloaded sports video game every year? It's FIFA. FIFA. Yep. So like he Thanks. owns one of the biggest football teams in the British Premier League. He's got more money than he could ever spend right now, man. Like everyone just talks about the Jaguars, the Jaguars, the Jaguars ain't shit compared to football club, man. And he's not even the owner. He's a vice president of the Jaguars, vice president of statistics. Yeah, I mean that's that's the family business. Yeah, because because <laughs> because America, uh, the dominant sport in America right now is football. So that's where the American uh, bias comes in. But obviously, worldwide soccer is, is huge. The thing is, when you have that kind of money and that kind of influence, people like to start doing stuff for you. Yeah. Period. Yeah, like period. It's, it's, yeah. it's really weird. When you're a broke, starving artist, everybody wants you to pay for everything. Once you get on, everybody wants to give you something for free. And <laughs> Dude, that is, the, that is the truth, man. Oh, my God. You hit that right on the head, bro. Now... Along those same lines, we have AEW doing a show in uh, was it it's on Long Island, correct? And in, in the December, uh, yeah. And there was an advertisement that was done where you actually have um, who who was that in that Islanders jersey? That I didn't see. Okay, so there was two. Basically, it was the same. It was it was two advertisements: one for AEW, and then double doubles back with WWE, who books a show the week before at the same location. And basically the exact same promo with Drew McIntyre cutting the promo there. I think it might have been uh, Brian Danielson on that first one. I could be wrong on that, but I do know Drew McIntyre. Yeah, because isn't isn't Danielson wrestling Kenny Omega at that show? Yep. Yes. There you go, yeah. Next Wednesday on Dynamite. (laughs) No, 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 no. That's next Wednesday. No, we're talking about about the show on Long Island in December. Oh, I'm thinking about the Arthur Ashe show in New York. No, that's next week. Yeah, yeah Nash is next week, and then they're going back to New York in December. Yeah, so it, next week is going to be loaded. Um, we don't even have the whole card yet, do we, for next week? We got enough for uh, Dynamite. I think it's, uh, it's Omega and, and Danielson. It's uh, Sting and Darby versus FTR. Um, we'll, we'll, come, say, yeah, we'll, we'll come back to AEW. Yeah, we, that's, that's, we, we, we still haven't talked about All Out yet and the fallout from All Out. What... um. From all of this nonsense, we also have gotten into a new era of NXT. Rainbow Bright Championship Wrestling Entertainment, as I call it. I digress. We saw all these uh, promos of splash paint and new logo and, you know, new CWC layout. And to open up the show, we have who we would like to be known as Rex Steiner. Bronson Recksteiner, son of the dog-faced gremlin Rick Steiner, or Rob Recksteiner, if you will, and uh, going up against L.A. Knight, who was also booked in a four-way match in the main event, and he loses to Braun Breaker, who Recksteiner, who in the opening match, 
How? Oh, I'm, I'm so what? irritated with this name. <laughs> First Thank of- you. The guy looks like a Steiner. He moves like a Steiner. He wrestles like a Steiner. He comes out to sirens like a Steiner. He but built, we're going to call him built, Bronson Breaker. He, he's, he's, built, he's built like Scott and only has the dark hair of Rick. And he even sounds like Scott. He looks like, like a hybrid if you mix the two yes. of them. He looks like both of them together. And, man, it just... That, 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 you know, I found out from some some of my sources backstage that the whole reason they couldn't do Bronson Steiner is Big Papa Pump put a stop on that, apparently. Apparently, uh-huh. he made a couple phone calls to New York and didn't want that to be used, so. Oh. Wow. Breaking fucking news. <laughs> That's why you have the professionals in the building, so you can get inside <laughs> intel. But uh, he's a uh, Scott Steiner happens to be a smoking buddy of a good friend of mine. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, so yo, yeah, he's Papa Puff. Yeah, sir. And and that's that's corroborated because we actually got a chance to see Scott Steiner in action about three years ago. For Lava Cantina. Yes, sir. What's up? What what what's what's good, Bostic? You know what I'm saying? That dude returning to the what's ring good? too this weekend. That's another conversation. Uh, uh-oh. Yes, we'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, why what's your takeaway from Tuesday? Um, it. I, okay, I won't be totally negative. I like the way they they um, repurpose the seating. I like the the dome Roman Coliseum aspect. I even like the the higher vaulted ceilings with with the brighter presentation. The the the. Crayola watercolors. Uh, give. I know what it's for. I don't have to have it. Nah. And to be honest, I just I saw an old like the original vignettes and everything behind AEW Dynamite with the color splashes. It's just it's just a bite of that. It's the same color palette. Exactly. I thought I, was, I thought I was watching all that on Nickelodeon back in <laughs> 1992. <laughs> straight straight up. Like they. It's a very Nickelodeon esque presentation. That. Like yeah. is, I get it. I know what it's for. I could have done without the, you know. Like I, 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 I think numbers. they are. They are thinking. I think they are kind of biting off AEW a little bit. Did you notice how they started almost having a developmental division there, where they had people wrestling that you really never heard of? You know, the guy in the main event that was his first night on television. So yeah, I think yeah. they're trying really hard to do the whole developmental show you people that you've never seen. Are you, are you referring to Von Wagner? Von, Wag- Von yeah. Wagner. Son of Wayne Bloom. Bloom. Von Wagner, Cal Bloom. Bloom's son. Yep. <laughs> Bloom of the Beverly Brothers, for those of you who are not ingratiated. The Beverly Brothers. Where's Bo, Jimmy Bo Beverly. <laughs> yes. Oh, Bo Beverly. Be, be specific. specific on which yeah, Beverly Brothers. Mike Enos was Blake Beverly. Oh, wow. I thought it was Bo and Luke. My bad. Oh, that's the wrong <laughs> set of I don't want to get canceled. I better shut up for a second. <laughs> shout out to shout out to the Dup brothers, Bo Dup and Jack Dup. Yo, real quick though, what about the damn uh, the wedding? Like, why why was the wedding as ir- as eerily entertaining as it was disrespectful? And why do they got to keep doing wedding? Like the OG, the greatest wedding scene of all time in WWE was Teddy Long. Come on, 
where he had, they had Jagged Edge on the stage singing. Hey, you had, hey, yo, Teddy Long is the only person in the history to bring Doom out on TV that's on a non-WCW program. He had Ron Simmons and Butch Reed in the ring with him as groomsmen. Are you kidding me? Hey, hey you, know the funny thing, you know the funny thing about that whole thing is Teddy's wife, Tasha, she's like a really laid back, really chill. She not really ever goes to any events. She was there for that wedding event. <laughs> she was sitting ringside. That's hilarious. Uh, She's like, you better not kiss her. You better not kiss her. <laughs> Let me holler at your player. <laughs> that, now, I'm so a- he's like, yeah, so that, that heart attack was actually a shoot. That was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Which, by the way, happy birthday to Teddy, man. He's 64 yesterday, bro. So oh, fuck yeah, man. Happy birthday, happy Teddy birthday. Long, man. Pencil, pencil pusher, pusher extraordinaire. Yes. Big yeah. time pencil pusher. He loves you guys. He wants to be on the show soon. Man, he the door is open, man. Y- you know that. He knows that too, man. We got oh, yeah. we, we, we just been waiting on him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That'll be a great episode. So as we move on, uh we backstage now, running NXT. No longer uh is it Triple H, Shawn Michaels. Uh, no longer should I say it's the click. We have the OG, OG click. Shout yeah. out to the super click, but this is OG click. Yeah, OG click. Yeah, this is no longer OG click shit. This is now Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn, and Bruce Pritchard running uh, NXT. So, but uh, but Vince and Bruce ha- weren't there. Vince hasn't been to NXT since he visited in, Ju- in July. Kevin Dunn's the one that's running the whole program, and Vince and Bruce are kind of standing by. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I like hearing that though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it was at on Tuesday night. Kevin Dunn was running the whole thing, and Bits and Bruce were on cell phones there. If anyone needed them, they got marching orders. Here's what I want done. I go execute. So, what do we expect now? I mean, like, are we going to get a six week run of of this regime to see what happens? Because I, I not that I want anything bad to happen, but I expect w- ratings to dip week after week more than what they already look, look have. At, look at Vince's other big idea during the pandemic, Raw Underground, and look how well that is. Like, what's going on on Raw Underground this week, guys? You know what's crazy? <laughs> they, they don't stick with stuff long enough. That's like. what I'm saying. Like, I think I think this NXT 2.0 with the Nickelodeon colors and all, I think this is the last <laughs> six months, and then they'll go back to the tried and true uh you know the black that they and gold. had whether Triple H is ahead of it or not. I, I just I like I like the NXT look. I like the dark. I like the dark mat and the campy feeling. You know what I mean? I liked where yeah. you couldn't see the crowd. I liked where it felt like the two people in the ring were the only people in the world at that moment. I so, thought that that was like more intense. You know so, what I'm saying? So that begs to, that, that begs that begs the conversation because we were talking about uh, AEW Dark. Morphing into the new age version of WCW Saturday Night or World Championship Wrestling from back in the eighties, like it looks like the the television studio produced show with a dark house where the or if they uh, if they took WCW Worldwide off the rotating platform, man, dude, uh, what what I think what really killed it to me was when they added the when they have the the, the banners hanging down like that totally screams NWA nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> Facts. As if in, oh, as, as we if just need power. The flags of all major con- countries and continents. Now we really be cooking. Yeah, as if power was, <laughs> isn't already trying to recreate that moment, but still. But yeah, so where, so where do, so where do we see where do we see uh, dark? Where do we see NXT 2.0 in the next say two months? 
I think Dark will still keep going on just because of the sheer amount of talent that he keeps bringing in to I mean, AEW. It's like every other day, one of my Facebook friends posts something, taking a picture at the AEW set in dress clothes. Like they're bringing in everyone. They're bringing in local guys. You know, Will All Day was just on there. Ed Stone, uh, Fly Def, a bunch of my friends that are local. Like, so I think they have plenty of talent to keep fresh faces on Dark for a long time. Fue- um, so Fue- I don't think Dark's going to go anywhere. Fuego getting signed has a as as a is a huge bridge for the DFW slash uh, North Texas Texoma market for independent wrestling. There's a, there's at least what five or six organizations in North Texas and Texoma that uh that have viable talent that's ready for the next level now and if they in any given moment they can show up on either nxt and or dark and be able to make a name for themselves the same way fuego, uh, fuego did and it's crazy because it's almost been like a chain reaction you know i gotta shout out uh one of my favorite managers in the business uh randy blakely aka lance romance the original player he's <laughs> the one that developed sammy guevara and turned him into a star and sammy gets signed and then Blakely works with Fuego, and Fuego's Sammy's best friend. Now Fuego gets signed. And so hopefully it just keeps going on down the line. Hopefully it keeps getting eyes on a lot of the talent that we have down here. And then also now we have uh, Reality of Wrestling, Booker T's organization that's getting uh, national TV clearance on independence over 50 markets right now. Well, 50 stations. Uh, that's going to be even markets. more because they just bought out SWE's TV. So Booker T's going to have SWE's TV slots. Yeah. So, oh. that, yeah. Yeah, more breaking news. <laughs> that was I, that was coming next, Suave. I didn't know if you were, were aware or privy to that information, but that was that, I, yeah. I tw- I twas not. <laughs> I, I, I twas not. Last thing I had heard from uh, Mr. Bookman, uh, excuse me, Mr. <laughs> Huffman. <laughs> I, look, I done, I done fused his first and last. He done turned him into a good times character. <laughs> but, hey, but hey, but hey, SWE's doing fine, guys. They're just selling off their television rights, moving the company to California. And- getting rid of half the roster but they're okay hey turn them loose turn them loose <laughs> so i guess that'd be a good segue to talk yeah. about swe fury because for for weeks on at, at end we were you know we were participating at the tv tapings we were coming and supporting you and that's you know that's how we met teddy long face to face and all of a sudden the rug gets pulled from underneath our our, our feet and their feet and we see uh, enzo at a show in lubbock who leaves just ups and leaves the show after shooting on Lacey Von Eric and then drives to Dallas which is not a walk in the park it's not an interstate drive it's US highway for about four and a half to five hours and you get the DFW and for Palais Pro Wrestling and he cuts a promo at Palais Pro on what he just did in Lubbock like this only happens in Texas what the hell is going on it was all good just a week ago <laughs> Or maybe I should get Biggie out. It was all a dream. <laughs> um, no, man. It's just a, dude, just a variety of things. Um, man, well, it, well, it, let it me just, Let me dial it back a little bit because let's get, let's get yeah. firsthand. Let's get firsthand account from you. What yeah. What's going on with you as it relates to the Texoma wrestling scene? Um... With me, with everything, well, I, I work for a few different promotions. I do play-by-play for Texoma Pro Wrestling, for Red River Wrestling. Um, and then I work with the uh, Independent Wrestling Expo. I work for Palais Pro, which you just mentioned. And I worked with SWE for about a year and a half. I was there from their very first show. So, like, when people are like, all these people that are saying shit about SWE, they don't know what they're talking about. Dude, I was there 
in and around the locker room every show that they had except for one. So if anyone knows what they're talking about and they've seen it with their own two eyes, it's this dude right here. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, it just, man, it, when I started with them, we were doing, we were literally in a middle school gym was the first show. And then we went from there to a barn, literally a barn in Point, Texas. It was called the Old Gin. It was a tin roof, tin building. And the locker room for the talent was in a tent in the backyard. Um, and so that whole time, they're like telling, oh, we're building, oh, we're building. You know, more money's going to come. We'll take care of you guys. And we were just like, okay, we're just going to, this is a paycheck for now. We'll see what happens. And then we moved to a new location that's even smaller. We were filming at a studio in Plano with about 20 people in the studio. Um, and then something happened that changed everything, man. They brought Teddy Long on. And that happened because Teddy had seen the product on YouTube and he actually reached out to SWE. Um, and once Teddy came on, man, you know, people can say whatever they want about the dude. Oh, he hasn't been on TV in 10 years. Oh, he's not relevant anymore. Teddy Long's a draw, bro. Teddy Long has, the dude always has one of the longest meet and greet lines at any of our shows. And so we such, brought him such a, on. Such a genuine dude, too, man. Like he goes, he, he goes out of his way to, to let you know that you are appreciated for, by him. And one of the big things about Teddy is he's not a GM. He's not a work GM. When he was in WWE as the GM of SmackDown, he helped Vince run those shows. Um, and so, because I mean, that he was taught by Dusty Rhodes. He's, he used to sit in on Dusty Rhodes booking meetings, and so. When he came on, he started doing all that with SWE. He started helping with the booking. He started helping bringing in talent. He started doing the agenting matches. Teddy was putting matches together. Teddy was working with the young kids at the camps. And because of that, it just exploded, man. Um, within I, the last the last low show we had was Teddy's second month there. We did a show at Lava Cantina and it was kind of it was kind of peaked. But after that, man, um, I got Teddy hooked in with some of the local wrestling or local hip hop shows that I know, radio shows, and got him doing some spots. Um, got him on Flips podcast, and that's when we realized how much the hip hop community just idolizes Teddy Long. And so we started approaching that side of it, and we got a ton of people out, man. We we ran you know two to three thousand at some of those shows. Um, Man, you should have seen when I introduced him to Mike Jones, man. Who? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Who? Teddy Long? Who? My, no. Um, so I was like, Mike, this is Teddy Long. And Mike Jones hugged Teddy Long like he was his long-lost daddy that went to the gas station for cigarettes and didn't come home. Yikes. Like, he hugged this man so tight. <laughs> oh, and then we had him on Flip's podcast and everyone. And so that kind of that opened up Teddy to the idea that, man, the hip-hop world really fucks with me. And so we uh, we started that approach, and man, he just started drawing more and more people, man. And he brought in his his people. He brought in Boogeyman. He brought in Mark Henry. He brought in a bunch of other people that he knew um, that just added more and more of a draw to it. Um, and everything was going great, man, until the show in Carthage. That's when everything started to kind of fall apart. So before we get into all that falling apart shit you and teddy actually started a uh uh let me holler at you play a podcast yeah yeah hold on a minute play. Oh, hold on a minute player i'm sorry yeah i was actually gonna i was i wanted to name it let me holler at you play but teddy was like 
no, nah, man, whenever I come out to fix shit, I always say, hold on a minute, player. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we, we did, uh, after, after I first met Teddy, like we hit it off from moment one, you know? And so we did a thing where I went live on Instagram to promote a show we were doing in Canton, Texas. And I had Teddy on there with me and we just had such great chemistry going back and forth. It's like, we'd known each other for years. I was making him laugh. He was making me laugh. So I was like, man, we should do a podcast. And he's like, I'm down. So we started it out. We did two episodes just kind of like this over Zoom. You know what I mean? And uh, my manager, Dot. shout out to Dot. He's greatest manager in music. He's done a lot for me, man. What up, Tom, Tom and Flip and Justin Case and a bunch of other dudes. He's solid. Um, but he hit me up and he's like, yo, man. Me and Flip, we wanna we wanna produce y'all's podcast. We wanna have y'all in the same room to do it. So uh, Flip gave us a, a pretty nice budget, and we flew Teddy in and flew our guests in and stuff. And we recorded a lot of them in real life uh, studios in Dallas, and then we recorded some in Houston. And man, we have thirteen episodes filmed, um, all waiting to drop. Uh, Flip's making the theme song for it, and then. Um, we're going to start, I don't know if we're going to just drop one episode a week or if we're going to do like Netflix and just drop the whole season so people can binge it. But either way, man, we got, we got stars on there from hip hop and, and wrestling. You know what I mean? We got half fine on there. He doesn't do interviews. You know, we got, you know, Rodney Mack and jazz. We got Mark Henry. We even got my, my celebrity chiropractor, Dr. G on there, man. We got it. So, uh, yeah. So that was, that was one of the really dope things that came out of this awesome podcast. You know you're super balling when you have a celebrity chiropractor. Dude, <laughs> bro, I love it because I, I, whenever any of my famous friends, any of my hip-hop homies or wrestlers are in town, I send them to him. You can check out his YouTube page, Dr. G Cairo. And he chiropractic adjusts all these celebrities and videotapes it and puts it up on YouTube. And in return, I get free chiropractic. So, hey. Easy win. You should have seen him try to adjust Mark Henry, though, man. That was something. Nah, nah, it, no. <laughs> the only, only person that can adjust Mark Henry might be Big Show. <laughs> like, I'm not, <laughs> like, I'm not trying. Yeah, that's, a, that's a different level of force. <laughs> so, yeah, so we got the podcast coming, and, uh, you know, just stay tuned. We'll have more details. From what I what I heard from, from production, we're just waiting on Flip to finish the theme song. So that'll be dope, having the theme song written and recorded by Lil Flip. That's one. That's one cool thing about doing a podcast where you have uh, information that's not dated is that you can drop it whenever. We've got we've got two other podcasts we've done that come from conversations that we have while preparing this podcast here. And so once we start dropping those, those will just be coming like just from just random snippets of conversations that we've had of just just non wrestling related shit. Uh, th- oh yeah, <laughs> throughout our throughout our days. Um, Back on, back onto this. Um, I guess I, I, it's no one's going to call it a war, but oh. it's, but it's it's definitely what it is. The, the lines have been drawn in the sand. You're, you're it's biting. a brouhaha. Yeah, brouhaha. It's it's like it's like uh, you you got who shot you, and then you got uh, like I shot Hit you. Him up. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's like you're you're you you got the same beat. But you got two different songs popping. Like, what do we... WWE is known for being reactive. We can't necessarily call AEW proactive because there's no third party involved. In fact, 
if they if we can call them proactive for anything it'd be because they, they have the quote-unquote forbidden door open in which new japan has kicked that bitch off the hinges reactive then now and forever <laughs> there ain't no there ain't no door at all anymore he was just walking through that bitch yeah, yeah it's, that's, a, it's a doorway. screen door and it's propped open by the hydraulic pump <laughs> you know when you, you know you when you go to the head shop and you smell that gonesh number eight burning and all you see is beads hanging from the ceiling that's the door <laughs> <laughs> the beaded curtain the beaded curtain you can peek that through that bitch crazy. but if you get pushed through please believe you gonna be on tv so <laughs> when this <laughs> Getting on AEW is as easy as getting your palm red. <laughs> Where's Miss Cleo when you need her? So what's next, man? Like, what are we? What are we going to do? Um, or, or, or are we going to continue to see WWE concede by 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 imitation? Yes. Or <laughs> yes, yes. Short for short answer, yes. I mean, look at the history of WWE. Go go back as far as you want to in the Vince McMahon era. When have you ever, ever, ever seen WWE be proactive about their content? It's always reactive. Shutting down the territory, territory era, reactive. reactive. Fighting back against uh, Eric Bischoff, changing to reality stuff, reactive. reactive. The Attitude Era is reactive. That, that that the whole first of all, it, that wasn't even org. You want things to be organic. The attitude era, keep it a buck, wasn't even organic. When you have to preface your audience on the things that you are about to do because of things that's happened to you and, and on the business side of things, that not only is that reactive, it's inorganic. But the attitude era is is giving us some of the best product that we've had to date in the modern era. In my opinion, the only proactive thing Vince McMahon ever did was go through and shut down all the territories after his dad promised them that he wouldn't. As soon as his dad died, Vince went through and bought out everyone. And for the past 60 years, Vince Sr. had been promising all those territories, I'm not going to shut you down. We can work together. As soon as Vince Sr. is gone, Junior just swiped right in, bro. So that I, I can I can live with that. So the only thing he's they've ever been proactive about is getting a bag. I don't even know about if if, if that was pro- proactive or reactive because everybody but WWE was involved with the Super Brawls. Now, naturally, that's a, that's an entity that would have self destructed because you had you know Vern Gagne, you had uh, Tojo Yamamoto, you had Jerry Lawler and Jerry Jarrett. Uh, you had anybody who was anybody who was a player on this side of WWE putting themselves together to try to book something that they couldn't come to a, 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 a concise decision on. It failed not once, but three times. So I don't necessarily know if that was a proactive move more than it was reactive because they were trying to form a monster to come after Vince. And if, uh, if, and if, the, Bill, yeah. if the Bill Watts thing hadn't happened, we probably would be looking at uh, a, a a third faction or a third organization that would have been able to compete with WCW and or WWE, at least on the national space, because Bill was traveling at the end of the UWF, but he let his penis get in the way of life. Well, I mean, history repeats itself. In the from, what I've heard about him, from what I've heard about him, he doesn't have much of a big one. So Wait, hey, hey, yo. Yikes, yikes, yikes. <laughs> Yikes! Dude, that man has been regarded as the most racist promoter in wrestling history. Oh, we oh uh, we've gone well in depth on on our uh, <laughs> position on Senior Watts. 
Bro, I was shocked to even hear the name Bill Watts come out of your mouth, bro. Like, damn. Tulsa, yeah, we, Tulsa, we really man. only do it when we acting, acting, <laughs> we acting we up acting or we up. doing historical references. <laughs> yeah, we acting up. Oh, yeah. let's see. Where are we at here? Oh, for, oh, before we go into, oh, yes, let's go into that. So, AEW All Out was a labor the day before Labor Day. Greatest pay-per-view in the modern era. Wow. That's high praise. Wow. Greatest pay-per-view in the modern era. That's a tournament show. They okay. had one they had one match on that entire card, in my opinion, that was a bathroom break match. And with everything else and with the appearances, man, it was great. I even enjoyed the women's battle royal, which the last few they've had I haven't been a fan of. So so looks no, we need we need some help real quick because I'm I'm producing on the fly. What is the modern era? Give me a start point. Give me a starting point for the modern era right now. I'll say I would, I would say 1984. 84? Yeah. So you're going farther back than me. I would say from the end of the Monday Night War, from like 2000 to now is the, the last 20 years. That was the best. Okay. The, the so re- 20 years. The reason the reason why I say 84 because 84 was the start of the pay per view era. Yeah. And so you can even incorporate like the first Starcade into this conversation first wrestlemania where all the fans are crowded around the ring yep and the the reason i ask is because with, with tony saying that that was the best pay-per-view of the modern era i want to actually break that down we do you know we do tournaments and, and mixtapes around here mm-hmm. doing that in tournament form and like actually if, you know what Snow says 20 i say split not, the difference not, and not, maybe not, go 15 no 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 that that that's let's go back I, i'll go back uh I'll, I'll i'll cut my my loss on that let's go 97 i said 96 rather uh, Bash at the Beach. That say that starts the modern era pay per view. Shit, just go. Wait, when does HD start? How about that? Two thousand nine. Okay, that's almost splitting the difference on twenty. Okay, I'll do. I'll do that. Okay. Started, oh, HD, started, HD, greatest pay per view of the HD era. So starting two thousand nine, we'll make a list of the, of our opinions of the greatest pay per views from then till now, and we're gonna wax this out tournament style. Because if if you were to say. If you were to go all the way back to 84, I got to say one of the close ones, if not the best, Halloween Havoc 97, man. Right. Yeah. People, we... don't, even, people don't even think, remember about that pay-per-view, but come on. You had Eddie Guerrero against Rey Mysterio. We talk about arguably yeah. one of the greatest wrestling matches of all time. We talk it's about that match five. all the time. That, yeah, it, that's, got, that's the match that stands out for us, right? Halloween Havoc 97. Don't forget about Roddy Piper and Hogan. I mean, come on. Like, just this whole thing. Um... You had that whole feud starting. You literally had uh, Ultimo Dragon and Yuji Nagata started the show out. And right. that was an incredible match. Starcade um, 97 is not bad either. Yeah, Starcade 97 was great. Um, but yeah, I mean, Halloween having 97, you had Kurt Henning versus Ric Flair. I think like I think it's Scott Hall and Lex Luger was on the show. Was, was that Henning and Flair um, in the cage? Yeah, and then... That was the one where Flair had, got his face rearranged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it was for the, the U.S. title, remember? Yep. And then you had the steel cage match with, with Piper and Hogan. And then, like, the second best match on the card, in my opinion, Randy Savage and DDP. You remember that feud? Oh, man. And this was all on Halloween Havoc 97, bro. These are truths. See, this this is the type of, of debate we need. So we need Tony to come back when we do this modern era pay-per-view tournament. That's, that's going to be a canned episode right there. Please believe it. Modern, oh, we man, we got a couple of ones we got to do before the end of the year, Tony. We got to do the best never too. Get, let's do let's a mix, do it, man. Give, give, give me, give me your mixtape. Give me a top five of your best to never do it. 
Oh, being this best is, to never win the title? Yep. Yeah, best to never be world heavyweight champion. Uh, number one is Jake the Snake Roberts. Ooh. <laughs> he, and his, he and his shit. <laughs> Just right off the top. No, no. Uh, man, I was going to say Ricky Steamboat, but he won the WCW world title. Remember yep. when he beat Ric Flair yep. at the yep. Chi-Town Rumble? Hey, you yep. remember who the referee was in that match? Was it Tommy Young? Rumble? It was Teddy Long. Wow. Teddy Long was the one that gave Steamboat the title and held his, his uh, arm up. Wasn't um, he the ref at uh, Wrestle War too? Yes, he was. Yeah, he was. He definitely um, was at Wrestle War. So I would say uh, top five that never won the title. I'd say Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, Scott Hall, um, Ted DiBiase. Ah, 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 ah. We'll, we'll he come, never won the world title. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Keep going. He bought it from Andre. Come keep, on. Keep, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> keep going. He never won the world title. He bought it from Andre. Uh, Owen Hart. Um, and no, man, because see, he won it in WCW. I was going to say Rick Rude, but he won the, the title in WCW. He won the international title. Was there, wasn't necessarily the world title. Yeah, he won the big gold belt when they had the two belts going. Exactly. So, um, so you could put Rick Rude in that category. Yeah, I could. Let's go ahead and do that then. There's my five. Now, um, and I, it could be argued that even though he was the world-class American champion, that it, even though that title was the American champion, it could be argued that that title was a world title. Yeah. It, you know, but that's, that's that's a whole other conversation. My my, We've had this debate on here too. Um, I think it was like episode 48 where about, about DiBiase and the belt. DiBiase didn't win the belt. But he defended. But he defended the championship <laughs> at a house show. So be- and, and won. So technically, he he was the champion. I don't know, man. Like I, I like I say, I I I work in Texoma, and there's a guy up there named Dane Griffin who was just handed the Oklahoma title, Oklahoma championship, and I could I would not on commentary I would not acknowledge him as the champ and. Uh, and then one day he came over during the show and yanked me up by my collar and knocked my hat off and threw me in the ring and beat the crap out of me. But <laughs> I still stand on. <laughs> well, you still ain't the champ, bro. Hey, yeah, hey. you ain't the champ. Hey, but but the but the but, the but the green and black attack wasn't with you, so you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there you go, right? <laughs> in my, in my mind, if you're, gonna, of- if you're gonna defend the title, you have to have won it first. Well, I mean, then Triple H whole, Triple H's two thousand two doesn't count, right? And anybody that held the the uh, the big gold belt in WWE doesn't count. Oh, bro, do you remember when a lot of people? Do you remember Ric Flair's sixteenth World Championship? You remember how he got it? The one they took away, the one where Kevin Nash just handed it to him. <laughs> oh, damn! <laughs> this I ring, this this, this belt is still yours, Rick. You just gave it to him. Oh, and the next bro. the next week, it was like it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he lost it. <laughs> Vince Russo booking, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Vince Russo. Oh, slap nuts over here. <laughs> like, no, I'm actually giving you the belt, not the title. You take the belt, take it home, and put it in your trophy case. We're going to get a new one. That's your that's yeah, your belt. But you're not. <laughs> Yo, all right. So, uh, all out. Best pay-per-view so of, of the modern era. So uh, good. 
CM Punk put on a nice, a very nice comeback match after seven years of being gone from the from the wrestling ring and and having the match he had with Darby Allen. Like it was, it, I won't I won't go so far as what Shivani said and call it a class, but it was a damn good match, especially for a comeback after seven years. It was for his first pro wrestling match in seven years. It was phenomenal. The guy looked like he didn't lose a step. Yep. Um, other highlights would have been. Uh, uh, get, help help me out, Swab. The 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 women's battle royal that the um uh, the what was it called? The women's casino the casino uh, the, 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 the casino the casino battle royale. The win star battle royal. <laughs> <laughs> don't, um, say that, don't say that. It'll be nothing but a few tweakers, and the whole room will smell like cat piss. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> hey yo! <laughs> I live in Oklahoma. I, I can say that. I see win stars on your shit list. <laughs> <laughs> we do need a casino sponsor for these for the, for all out and for these battle royals though. We need an official casino sponsor. They did they did right by the fans with the buy-in match with this 10-man tag team match. I mean, it, it's this is if there's something out of Teddy Long's playbook, it was this match and it was a shit show, but it was a, it was a happy accident. I actually like tag liked, team match. <laughs> actually like the match Miro versus Eddie Kingston um you, you knew Miro wasn't gonna wasn't gonna lose but Eddie Kingston put on a hell of a showing especially for an opener redeem uh, these balls <laughs> <laughs> that shirt was awesome redeem bro. these nuts straight up oh he's nuts yeah my bad redeem uh, these nuts Moxley versus <laughs> Kojima that was a great a great showcase for Japan talent you knew Moxley was going to go over here but it was just a great showcase for somebody from New Japan coming Bringing in. Bringing a legend in and exposing him to the American audience. Yeah. Kojima's incredible. I mean, Stan Hansen passed the lariat down to this guy. You know what I mean? And and we know about Stan Hansen's lariat. It's been compared to, you know, by anybody. Getting hit by a Mack truck. See, that, that's more <laughs> of the stuff I would like them to put together in their production packages before people come through the forbidden door. Make the American viewer understand why this guy is so important. Mm -hmm. uh, Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, uh, defeated uh, Chris Statlander with a Pittsburgh uh, Sunrise, which was which was crazy, to, <laughs> crazy to see because you just knew you knew you were going to see Adam Cole, but you weren't expecting to see that nod to him first. And, and I love it because she calls it the Pittsburgh Sunrise, and his is called the Panama Sunset. So it yeah. like goes <laughs> right off of each other. Yeah, man. Um, I, I just when I when I was at All In a few years ago, Britt Baker was in a Fatal Four Way. That match was incredible, and she came out to Adam Cole's old music, and that's what I was hoping she'd do on this pay per view. And I she, was waiting for the "I've got something for you," and but it, no. And it even even then, though, at, at All In, like she was pretty new into the into the business and put on a hell of a showing like we knew she was going to be something special and then that that hardcore match that she put on about a year and a half ago under rosa oh, oh my, my god, god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the man. best news is the best news is if she gets a, a tooth knocked out she can work on herself <laughs> there's or her brother can now because her brother's what, a dentist too you know what dmd stands for quick trivia doctor of medical dentistry you got it. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, man. I, I, I thought it. it was about to be a cool reveal on what DMD really means. <laughs> whoa, whoa, this Jack. Mother, this, this motherfucker. No. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> this motherfucking did it. <laughs> That's funny as shit. <laughs> uh, give her a do-rag. Lucha about Brothers. It. Versus uh, the Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Team Championship in the cage. Your winners. And new 
AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Lucha Brothers. Man, I keep telling people, man, that's my favorite tag team and probably what a the match, best, man. The what best a tag team in the match. world. They they took some punishment, man. Oh my god, I, they didn't get they didn't lay in any of the stuff you expect to see them to lay in in the steel cage match, and they and they still put on a hell of a show, man. Love you know, that the match. Great, the crazy thing about this match is it was so epic. It feels like it was like an hour long match, but the thing was only twenty minutes. Yeah. Um, and it, it was just, it was incredible. That's um, be, so it's the like, only thing that irked me about it is how they kept calling it a tag team match, which there's no tagging involved. So just do it and just call it a match. I mean, you know, I, I think they should do, I think they should have done, if they want to call it a tag team match, get you a bigger cell like a hell in the cell. Yeah, it's I, still involved. It's still enforced tag team rules where you still got to tag in and out. I've been a I've been a big proponent of those uh, cages where the floor is still available for you, like like the cell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to put a top on it, but just give them the floor space too, and just make sure no one can get in or out. You know that that to me, that's a that's a true cage match, but that's only done with Hell in the Cell. Good call out there. Uh, Jim Ross took a swig and said that this was like tornado rules. So so he he did land the plane early on that one. Jim Ross go. on chocolate cake is what's good for AEW. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> Old Jim Ross, Ross Jungle a, Boy Jack Perry. With a slice of chocolate cake and a shot of crown, everything will be fine. <laughs> Dude, I wonder if, if Jungle Boy gets frustrated with JR giving away his government name every freaking match he has. Hey, everyone else is called him Jungle Boy, and but JR is like Jungle Jack Perry, or, so, or, like, <laughs> or Suave calls him by his by his new name, Jungle Buck Jack Perry, because he looks like he'll be the third <laughs> member of the Young Bucks. Yep, Jungle Buck, <laughs> <laughs> Jungle Buck Jack Perry. Look, because he can't be Jungle Boy forever. Eventually, he's gonna become Jungle Man. So you might as well get used to calling him Jack Perry. I don't know. The Young Bucks are in their thirties, and they're still the Young Bucks. How long are they gonna be the Young Bucks? Yeah, that's just not. <laughs> You see, there's some balding going they're on. Gonna, yeah, they're gonna be the old bucks sooner. How can I do this? Yeah, I wonder how long before they have a hair <laughs> match. Buckaroos, they're, they're gonna be something. I wonder how long before they have a hair match because they need to get soccer mom haircuts. Let's see. Ruby Soho made her debut <laughs> at the. I'm not certain it'll there. grow back. <laughs> it, well, whatever. <laughs> Ruby Soho to, makes her debut. To at be the, honest, uh, l- go ahead. Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks three should be hair versus mask. Well, they uh, so apparently that's what's what's probably going going to pop. I don't. I, that's all signs are pointing to that. I hope not though, because Lucha Bros without a mask is not what's best for business. WCW taught us better. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember oh Ray Mysterio without a mask? Or yeah. Ray Ray. Yeah. Neither, yeah. neither do. Animals, filthy animals days. And psychosis. They took masks off everybody. Everybody. <laughs> everybody. Stop it. You had a mask. It ain't safe. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can dude. sell masks. Don't do that, dude. I just I want to say though, because you I, I guess you're coming into it next. Ruby Soho's debut, man. Oh my god, dude. I I was a big fan of her on the Independence, and then when she signed with WWE, I had the the first reaction I ever have. Well, one of my favorite signs, and that's God, Vince. Please don't ruin her. And <laughs> he commits to ruin her, and. Then you see her in her own element, man, and she's just she's a freaking killer, bro. I, I I hope she gets the title opportunity soon. This whole thing with Britt Baker, I hope that match happens soon while she's still got this momentum behind her, you know. Right on. Uh, Thunder Rosa uh, was eliminated by a, a, a debuting Ruby Soho during the Casino Battle Royale. Uh, Chris Jericho defeats MJF, which. If Jericho would have lost, he would have retired from the ring, and he actually got pinned. But the referee didn't see that Jericho was under the was holding the ropes, 
Another referee came out and said, nah, player, not like this. And Jericho ended up getting a sneak win. But that, that was a hell of a match, too. Dude, even from the beginning, when, Jer when Jericho had his entrance, the way he was looking at the crowd, like, this could be my last time. You know, like, everything about the match was just stellar. MJF's intro was... Oh, uh, with the countdown? Oh, oh man. Yeah. That 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 made me think that Jericho was, was leaving right there. Speaking of intros, holy shit. How do we forget about the Lucha Bros intro, man? Oh, man. Mikey Ruckus. Yeah, Mikey Ruckus, how good is he? Like, <laughs> he is is he is he going to be the AEW Jim Johnson? Like, that dude is out of control. That intro was the shit. Yeah, he's incredible, man. And, um, you know, I, I tip my hat to him. I make entrance scenes, too, but none of my stuff comes anywhere near his right now. He's on a whole other level. Yeah, that I mean, the whole presentation he actually came out and performed I mean, we've never seen that where you actually come out and perform your shit too yeah, right? yeah dude, what right. about mikey ruckus's new theme adam cole's new theme that's the stuff i was listening to all night that i'm like yeah is mikey is killing this shit <laughs> cole's new theme is fireworks dude yeah, and man. then and then daniel says new theme five minutes in you're expecting bitches to jump out and start twerking <laughs> like, i love it <laughs> I to go down to some twerk music, dude. That's like, what he needs to do. Bring Brie Bella with them and just have her oh twerking while he's going God. down. Oh the no! What is, the, <laughs> what is the least Brian Danielson thing you can do is to have bitches jump out and twerk into his theme music? <laughs> Please don't do it in Miami. That's all drinking I'm saying. Out, drinking out of styrofoam <laughs> cups. Uh, Paul Paul White took the bathroom break from uh, after the CM Punk Darby Allen match, and he actually defeated QT Marshall. Yeah, that was that was my bathroom break match, man. Three minutes and ten seconds. That was the. <laughs> and I'm gonna see QT in December, and I'm gonna bring that up, man. Hey, three minutes and ten seconds, man. But yeah, dude, it was it was. I I don't think Paul White left his feet. I don't think the man took one bump. I, got, I think he got down to his knees one time, and that was it. It looked a little rough at times. Like either he was really selling the chair shot from the other night, or it's pretty rough moving around right now. Dude's got eight pounds of titanium in his hip, bro. That part, it, <laughs> it, and it shows because he's he's still wearing the effects of it too. Uh, and then finally, your your AEW World Championship match. How good is Christian Cage, man? Like you don't expect him to be in the pay per view of a major. I mean, a main event of a major pay per view versus Kenny Omega for a championship, but. This match lasted over 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. You you saw all the shit laid in. Um, just just a really good match. Like it was a pay per view main event quality match from two Canadians. Like it was a Dude, damn good match. Christian Cage got me, uh, you know, interested in Impact Wrestling again, man. There's I've been watching Impact. Yeah, and I mean they got the right person for the title for to, to do that too, man. Um, I, I just hope they they do something to, to get bigger crowds back here soon. Um, I, I don't know if they have the the appeal to get a bigger name to go over there with him, but that remains to be seen come October, November, December when some of these contracts run up. And, yeah, uh, from what I've heard, man, they're throwing the they're throwing the bank at Bray Wyatt trying to get him. It'll be interesting, but at least we know that if we if we get him on uh, on Impact TV, that he will definitely show up on AEW TV haphazardly because of Don Callis. I love it. I, I love don't want no shortstop or no middleman on my dope. Put him where he's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't need. I don't need nobody providing car service to get him to where I want him to be. Send him first class, one way ticket, no transfers, no stops, no layovers. Dude, put him in. Start a faction with him. Uh, Malachi Black and Abaddon 
See, and, and AEW is becoming the home of factions. Like, if you if they taking anything from New Japan, it's the way that how, how factions run that business. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're seeing that in AEW now. Everybody belongs somewhere. Because truth be told, Layla Hirsch belongs with American Top Team. Yeah, and, and all the factions are dope, except for the Hardy family office. I just <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, like, they're, they're we're gonna put together six different wrestlers <laughs> that have nothing in common with either at all, and Matt Hardy's gonna make them champions. <laughs> that part. <laughs> and, <laughs> and last but certainly not least, we gotta give a big shout out to uh, OG Al Snow. Al Snow, owner of uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling, was spotted saving the life of a child who got uh, swept away in a riptide in an ocean. And both of them came out unscathed, minimal impact to injuries. Uh, I'm, we're, we're reminded of someone we lost last May doing something similar, saving his son in uh, the late Shad Gaspard. So that could have come out way worse for Al, and, and it didn't. So shouts out to you, Al Snow. You you you're a man amongst men for that for that epic feat that you pulled off there. Um, man, long long live Shad Gaspard, and shout out to my uncle Al. There it is. Everybody loves head. Hey, Swab. Senior Snow. <laughs> Uh, Suave, you got anything before we uh, before we dip out of here? Um, I feel like we have enriched the public. I don't think there's much more we can give them without charging them a flat fee. There's that. Tony Snow, plug everything, brother. Man, um, dude, I'm you know the the pandemic's starting to ease over, so shows are starting to open up. Hip hop shows, so I'm starting to get back to that too. I'm gonna be in Fort Worth tomorrow night with Lil Kiki and ESG. We're bringing a screwed up click show to Fort Worth. Saturday, I'll be uh, at Pay Pro. Uh, man, we got Lance Archer on the card. Fuego First Del Sol. day one pencil pusher. Day one pencil pusher, Lance Archer. Uh, Fuego Del Sol, Chandler Hopkins, Magnificent Malico. I mean, um, Alexander Zane. Like, th- just a uh, a stat card. And I believe it's only 10 bucks to get in. It's a 360 arena in Arlington. Um, and then, yeah, dude, I just got a lot of stuff in the works. Um I just, you know, after I left SWE, I just uh, came to an agreement with Mr. Jerry Bostic from World Class Pro Wrestling. You guys are familiar with him. Facts. Um, and so he's actually, shout out to him, he's actually paying me more, giving me double the dates and uh, not giving me shit about wanting a hotel room. So shout out to Jerry Bostic. We, um, we, we, we owe Jerry a visit. Jerry reopened um, his childhood job. After they went bankrupt and kept the dude, name, dude, I, I didn't know that, bro. He yeah. told me when we were talking. He's like, he's like, I run a Hastings. And I'm like, dude, I used to go to Hastings in, in Houston. They're still around. No, he 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 bought the, uh, the 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 original location where Hastings was, where he worked as a teenager, and turned it into a new Hastings using the Hastings name just to just to bring back that old feeling. So he's selling vinyl. He's selling pops. He's selling T-shirts, records. Uh, he's oh, he said records. Uh, CDs, he's selling books, like everything, every all the novelties Hastings has, he has it now in Ardmore, Oklahoma. I, we owe him a Man, visit. That's awesome. Yeah, we owe him. So a go visit. check, go check him out, obviously. And then um, I'm at Texas Pro twice a month. I got the uh, Indie Wrestling Expo coming up October 22nd. So just staying busy, man. Just trying to do what I love and stay busy doing it. Well, I will see you later on this afternoon, sir. And uh, Suave, do me one solid. Yo, take us to the house. Pencil pushers, heads up, pencils down. We hate that we had to bring Tony on here for the worst podcast ever. Why would we waste his time like this? I don't know. He he doesn't know any better. God bless that man. (laughs) (laughs) Much love you, yo.
Jelly Roll's got a new uh, album that's dropping Friday. Yeah, dude. I'm thinking about having him for my birthday show this year. I'm thinking about doing a little white and thumb thumb. That shit would be you need, you need to do a rap and wrestling show. Dude, I've been trying to find the right people, man. I've been talking to pitching it to people. You know, I think Bustic might do something with it. Suave, guess who, guess who is a freestyle king, apparently? Uh, is this somebody I wouldn't guess ever? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, give, give me an age demographic, and then I'll give you a better guess. I'll give you a, I'll give you an age range. I'm not necessarily demographic. Okay. We'll say 25 to 34. Yikes. Uh, twenty five to thirty four. So, uh, and a freestyle king. Freestyles on road. Freestyles on road trips all the time. Oh shit! Wow. Um, you want a hint? Yeah. Dive. Fuego. <laughs> Holy shit! Fuego del Sol. He had me send up some beats last year, actually. Fuego got bars. <laughs> Fuego got bars for days, bro. That's fucking crazy. Now we've been we've been singing the praises of Fuego since forever, like since Lava Cantina, and we never knew he rap. I'm gonna be with them uh, Saturday night, man. We're gonna be uh, Pele Pro at in Arlington. It's a loaded card, and uh, it's gonna be Allen Five Angels and Fuego, Fuego does Soul against Magnificent Malico and Gideon Vane in a tag match. So that's that crazy. Be fun. I saw Pale Pro um, when they had that Grand Theft Auto um, cover for one of their shows, but I haven't seen the actual product or been to a show yet. Yeah, I know. It's good stuff, man. The, so. the arena is right off of uh, 20 and Cooper. If you're going east on 20, as soon as you pass the Cooper Bridge, it's on the right-hand side right before you get to the car dealership. It's like a gray building with red trim. 360 Arena. And um, the last few shows they've had, I've had one of my my dj students fill in for me because i had swe conflicting with it but <laughs> that's not a problem anymore so i'll be there saturday <laughs> night <laughs> all right so you were you were talking about uh hold on let me put this marker here real quick um there we go what all did right. 360 arena used to be i, I have th- no idea i think but it was I like right a laser tag spot. volleyball arena I, mean, I think it was like a laser tag spot or something yeah, it was like a laser tag slash trampoline <laughs> situation no go karts it was go go laser tag and go karts is what it used to be no shit. it was okay. right they, right, just, right, uh, right they to, just upgraded their sound system though so i'm excited to get in there and play with it 